The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And it, we, okay, I just have to stop really quick. So the last episode, I was kind of kicking myself the next day, not because of the topic we covered. I'm super glad that we talked about Lunar New Year and just understanding and appreciating cultures beyond our own, especially when you look at... Um, the host country of any Olympics, you know, spending time, like actually appreciating the, the, or like whoever is putting on an event. But I I do want to just throw two things out there. One, I was kicking myself because the day that that episode got released was also national girls and women in sports day. So we're just going to talk about that a week late. It's fine. (laughs) But I will say in like, what did make me happy about that episode is I don't know if it's one of those things where if you get a new car or if you um, say you like a certain thing and suddenly you start seeing it everywhere, you start seeing that item, that car or whatever everywhere. Uh, Because every time I got onto TikTok and every time I got onto Instagram stories after that episode, I saw all of the lanterns and all of the uh, calligraphy that the athletes had participated in with uh, uh, with the Chinese people in the bubble at the Olympics. And it was really cool to see. It. And some of them talked about it. Sean White actually did. He, he talked about how he was able to get some of these traditional uh, Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year items. And he wanted to to display them in his hotel room. And so it was kind of fun just to see what we had talked about, like actively living in the world. And so it was neat to also see when we were talking about, I hope the athletes are appreciating it. Clearly so many of them are because they're proudly displaying all of the things that they were able to help make and create. And they have them hanging in their hotel rooms or the room that they're staying in. I don't quite understand how they're all like, being housed yeah. at the moment. But anyway, I digress. But all of that to say, I kicked myself because I was like, shoot, it was it was National Girls and Women in Sports Day. But I'm so really glad that we did it in the order we did. I'm so glad that we didn't like wait a week to do that episode because we can talk about girls and women in sports anytime. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, because I was telling Sasha, and this all feels probably very chaotic. And part of the problem is I have four drinks on my desk <laughs> and I haven't consumed any of the coffee yet. So I think my brain is um, desperately in need of me to drink some of this coffee so that I can start processing things happening <laughs> around me at the moment. Um, but I was telling Sasha, 
so a week ago, when you're listening to this, it could, who knows, but regardless, when this episode was recorded, girls, national girls and women in sports, Day passed by about six days. And I love a day like that. I love, you know, international women's day. I think it's important, like any celebration of an individual, um, I'm trying to think of like, I, I just don't have any issues with having a day to celebrate women in sports or anything else, but I always caution people not to use that as the only day that they talk about women in sports because, or, you know, like I said, I, I also brought up international women's day. It's not like women are only important one day of the year. Uh, but I, I, I do think remembering that every day should be national girls and women in sports day. We should actively be hiring, uh, coaching, bringing the next generation of women into whatever industry that it is that they want to be in, regardless if it is one where people feel like it's, it's been, you know, dominated by men or not. I just, I I don't want people to kind of let that day pass and then not come back to it and realize Mm -hmm. like you should be celebrating it every day. Again, I need to like chug some coffee. My brain (laughs) is in like 16 different places at once. And I think I'm going to sneeze. I'm not going to, but I feel like this for everyone listening at home, this is what's happening right now is my brain is like on over everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no, I think that that's, I think that can be said for like a lot of holidays um, or, you know, s- specific days for, you know, I think of, since we're on the topic of um, women and girls in sports, like mother's day, like you don't need mother's day to appreciate the moms in your life. Like you could do that every day. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, having these conversations on a frequent basis, like it's my favorite thing because that is our way of celebrating um, the fellow female and female identifying folks in our lives. Yes. And I do want to add, I I think sometimes when we get into the, and I I always hesitate because sometimes in the podcast form, nuance is really hard to come by because we're trying to make things consumable in a a small dose. But Mm -hmm. I I don't want to, when we say things like, you know, you shouldn't need a day for something. We're not, we're not implying that you don't need, like you should still have that day. And the reason I I bring up the nuance of it though, is because I feel like sometimes people co-opt what we're saying in regards to this to then go, well, then what about a month like black history month? Why do you need that? And it's, it's, it's not the same. Um, Basically every day is white person history like day. Uh, So I I think having a celebration of women, having a celebration of African-American culture, having a celebration of black history, having a celebration of indigenous history, you name it. There's so many things that people like to bring up and go, well, then why do you, if you feel like it should be every day, why do you feel that this giving space to people to still be able to point towards something and say, let's spend some time learning. Let's spend some time appreciating is not a bad thing. It's just all we're saying is take that one step further and yeah. don't just hyper focus it on that one day or a, or a month or whatever, and actually spend some time learning about it. Always like using this month as an example, being Black History Month, 
I stumbled upon, and you know what? I will go ahead and link her in the show notes. I stumbled upon a woman on TikTok who every day this month is sharing a fact that you may not have known about Black history. Mm -hmm. And we are only a week into the month, and I have learned so much, things that I never learned in school. But if March 1st comes and I'm just going, meh, I don't care anymore. I'm not, I'm done. I don't want to learn anymore. Then I have failed to understand the point of my place in this, which is to continue wanting to learn and grow and springboarding myself, hopefully into be, you know, to more learning from a month like this. Like this Mm -hmm. is an opportunity, but don't let an opportunity just be an opportunity. Use it to continue learning and growing. So I think that's my point with something like National Girls and Women in Sports Day is if you go and you tweet something and you're like, hey, here, here's a list of all the women I love in sports, but you are not actively supporting them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a, I saw someone call it a hashtag day and that's fine. I get it. But if you're, if you're treating it like a hashtag day and then not following up with any further action, then yeah, it's, it's at that point, not what it is. Like it's not, it, it becomes a point of then what were you doing? Right. Uh, And like, to be honest, I think that it comes off as like, I hate this phrasing, but that's what it comes off as to me as, as clout chasing. Like you're, you're doing it to, to participate in what's being talked about online that day. And, and then if there are any follow-up actions and like, like, do you actually believe what you're saying or are you just saying it to, to be a part of the conversation, which like being a part of the conversation and then actively participating in said conversation are two different things. <laughs> you can be a part of a conversation and just be there, not doing anything and not like adding value to it. Um, and that sounds crappy when I say it out loud, but um, in a way, if you're just posting the hashtag and then you're not, you know, then following up with actions um, to further make you know, what you're saying impactful. I feel like it's just like, you're just there as part of it, but not like actively participating in it. I don't know what I'm saying, but I hope that made sense. I I think it makes what, what I think you're trying to say. And I, this is at least how I interpret what you're, what you are saying too, is like, I know sometimes people, when they hear that, they might go, well, I'm not like, I don't want to go tweet about things. I don't want to, you don't have to be, you can be a part of the conversation by listening, you can be an active participant without having to go say a lot, but it's actually what you're doing beyond just, just existing within the space. So I think, you know, it's really easy on a day like national girls and women in sports day to go, Oh, I support women in sports. Of course I do. But the question that I would then have for you is when this is usually my my best example is when Beth Moens is on your television and mm-hmm. you hear her voice. How are you reacting to that? Mm-hmm. Because and I actually ran into this myself personally in the last week when I was uh, recording some stuff for something else that women are really criticized for our voices. We we get attacked for things like vocal fry if our voice is too high, too low. Um, and Beth Moen's a lot of the criticism I see for her is not about her knowledge. It's not about who she is as a broadcaster, as who she is in what she is able to offer from her knowledge, mm-hmm. her expertise. 
it's always about her voice. People like to criticize not liking her voice. And, oh, I, 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 it's not that I don't like her. It's just, I don't like, and it's, I don't hear that same level. Like whenever I hear Tony Romo criticism, for example, and I'm not comparing (laughs) the two of them, but I just want to bring him up for a second. Yeah. The criticism is not about how he sounds. Right. People, people criticize him for how he does the job. Does he, it's, it's really interesting because for some people listening to this, they'll go, well, I don't notice these things, but when you have consistently been in a situation where people are criticizing these little things about you, you become hyper-focused on what it is that you're hearing or hyper aware people. Yeah. Yeah. So I am really aware that when people criticize Tony Romo, they're not talking about the way he sounds. They're not talking no. about his voice tone. They're not talking about vocal fry. They're not talking about all of these little things that he can and cannot control. They're talking about whether or not they think he's actually good at the job. Right. And that's the really interesting part to me because I don't see that same conversation often when it comes to someone like Beth Mowens. I hear it more about her. I see more about it like, oh, she sounds like this. Right. And that's that's the that's the difference that I get very frustrated with. So I guess all my point to say is, is when you talk about supporting women in sports, you don't have to necessarily be that's you don't have to blindly love every single woman in sports like that, that it would be silly, but it's also just paying attention to how you approach things when you're offering, say something like a criticism of somebody. Is it that criticism, the same criticism that you would also give to a man, right? Because most people will say yes, but it's not actually, but then actually in practice or actually in conversation, that's not how it goes. I would, I want to challenge people this week. So like, I noticed this about myself a while ago. Like I can be a judgmental person. I keep it to myself. Okay. (laughs) But here's the thing. Like if I have a judgment against somebody like or criticism or whatever, I physically imagine a stop sign and then think of a more positive alternative to what I just thought. Example, this morning I was driving to work. Someone cut across two lanes of traffic to get to the turn lane. And I'm like, really? You didn't know until you got to the turn lane that you needed to turn? And I was like, stop. Maybe they forgot something and needed to go back home. It's real simple. It's like little things like that. Just adjust how you're thinking about things. Stop for a second if you think that, if you're thinking, if you're watching a game that Beth Mowens is calling and you feel like you think a judgment to yourself, stop for a second and think, Okay, but would I be saying this about in our example, Tony Romo? And if you wouldn't, then sit with it and then think of something positive. That's my well, challenge. With 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 women too, how many times, especially like with drivers, do people make the assumption oh, that gosh. about drivers women? Right. And it's a lot of this is systemic. A lot of it is just like ingrained into our society and into who we are. And that's why we talk a lot about pain attention to how you say things in your intent because, or to the intent versus impact, because your intention may not be one thing. You may be intending to criticize Beth Moens because you just think there are other better broadcasters, which is okay. You are allowed to feel that way. Like that's, that's the thing. I think sometimes I run into as a woman in sports is people think I'm implying that you have to blindly support every single woman in sports. Absolutely not. You're going to just like any other, any other preferences. Yeah. You're going to like this person versus 
this person's style. You're going to think this person does this a little bit differently or better than this person. But when you listen to how you're in, like how you are sharing your feedback on things, yes. when you start to hear them go into gendered and um, those stereotypical criticisms, that's when you have to step back and l- understand you may not be intending that, yeah. but your impact is that. And people around you are hearing that. And especially for women, they're now hearing how you're talking about somebody. And I don't know how, how often I have become self-conscious of my own voice. Hmm. And a lot of that is because I no one has told me directly, but I've heard so many men talk about women's vocal fry that I, I am so hyper aware of it now. But the thing is, is like, our voices all have a little bit of fry in them, mm-hmm. whether you want them to or not. Men have it too. Dude. It's just depending on how tired you are, depending on yeah. what you've been doing that day. It could just be the t- way your voice literally exists in your body, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, it has been, it has been taught that vocal fry is a sort of like sign of laziness that yeah. if you have, like that women are lazy, that we have this like valley girl, um, which I also want to point out, there's nothing wrong with how the valley girl style of talking is. But I mean, it's also pointing out that women say like, yeah. but men also say like. I so anyway, <laughs> I, we could get into the whole linguistics piece of this too, which is actually really fascinating. But I think, I think when I just tie it all back to like, when I see people actively tweeting about and supporting women in sports on that one day a year, I just want to see that same energy always. So yeah. showing that same level of support always, that's the kind of stuff that's like being mindful of your words, being mindful of how you're talking about women, being mindful of your own interpretation of things. Like check your own mind. Like even yeah. if it's just you on you, like when yeah. you hear yourself being critical of something and asking yourself, like you just, like you were saying, ask yourself why. Yeah. Why am I reacting to this like this? Like what it wasn't is it- inconvenient to me in any way. It was just, you know, a judgment. Um, and something I learned in therapy is like the people have, I mean, innately as human beings, we have judgments, mm-hmm. but figuring out why you have those judgments is really important. One, to understanding yourself and how you operate, but two can change your entire outlook on other people as a whole. So like, those in that internal dialogue that you have, like, yes, having conversations out loud is, is really, really important, but also examining the self-talk that you have with yourself inside you for your own brain is important to pay attention to as well. Mm -hmm. Now kind of, there's so much that we want to kind of get to really quick, but there's a lot happening. So when we talk about supporting women in sports, we're going to, we're going to do that because I was telling Sasha, there's actually two pieces to this. And we're going to kind of circle back to the supporting women in sports piece mm. of it once we go through this, but with the Olympics. And I also just want to put a little like asterisk here. I understand for the, for the Olympics come with a lot of nuanced conversation with it, especially right now with the host country being China and the human rights crisis that is taking place in China. I, I, I don't, again, with a podcast form, we could get into these things, but I don't know if like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to like discuss everything and act Mm -hmm. like appropriate, like not appropriately, but properly. That's the word 
dive into everything that is happening. So if you are not supporting the Olympics, a hundred percent get that and understand not saying that you have to based on us sharing anything about the Olympics, but we were just thinking in honor of one, it being Olympic season and also the incredible women that are participating in the Olympics that we would share a little bit about some of the groundbreaking things that yes. they have accomplished so far. So I, I just wanted to add that little like FYI that if, if you're like, I'm not into the Olympics, I don't want to support this. Like this is supporting the athletes. Let's just focus on the athletes themselves here and not necessarily the, the event itself. Yeah. Um, but I was sending Sasha, I was like, and I want, I want to also just throw this out there too. There are men who have been making history at the Olympics, but when I was sending her some of the recent history making things, they were all women. So I was like, you know what, let's just like focus entirely on the women who are making history. Yes. I am going to save the, this the one for last. I feel like some people who, if you have been watching the Olympics or at least been keeping up with the coverage, you'll know when I say it, what I'm talking about. So we're going to save the one for last. We're going to start here. Zoe Sadowski Senate. She won New Zealand's first ever Winter Olympics gold. That's so, so freaking cool. She's 20 years old. She made Olympic history in the women's slope style. Um, let's see. She, that was time zones, especially with all of this. That was Sunday morning. Um, very exciting. I'm going to go get a little bit more about her because um, this is a pretty cool story on her part. I mean, to win their first ever first gold yeah. ever at the winter games, which I also did not like, this is, this is something that's so wild to me that it's like the winter games actually have not been around as long as like yeah. my brain thinks that they have been. And with that said, the fact that many countries haven't participated in them more than like 10, 12 years. And I don't know off the top of my head without looking it up, how long New Zealand has been participating. But my point being that for a lot of these countries, it's like, this is, this is a huge deal. They haven't ever won one before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me grab a different story. I love the photos. She's just got the biggest smile on her face and just looks so happy. And like, those are the things where I'm just so excited for people where I'm like, you can just, you wish you could bottle that joy in that moment and just have them feel that forever because you've accomplished this incredible thing. Like, look at you, you go. All right. Let me, this is so, I had a story pulled up and then it, whatever <laughs> it, it, it decided that I had tried to, it was giving me grief. Okay. So let's see. Um, she called it the greatest run of her life. Her dad had a very, <laughs> he became kind of uh, well-known too because he had an ex expletive. Uh, he, he was very fired up about her win. Um, I just love how like her quotes are like that. She called it like pretty sick. Like it's so great. She's just, she's just awesome. No, her father uh, became kind of a little bit of a headline too, because after she won, he said, I'm pretty effing excited, but not censored. Yeah. And uh, he was just so excited. But anyway, we can go on and on about her read about Zoe. She's incredible. Um, she is just the biggest smile. Okay. Here's I'll link this one. I'm grabbing. 
there's a lot of news stories about her, which is great. I just want to point out the fact that like there were so many stories about her. Like that is a good one. Okay. So it was her third run that propelled her onto the top of the podium. She earned a, the competition's only score above 90. Um, it was history for New Zealand, uh, the United States, the United States's Julia Marino came in second. She had in, a score of 87.68. So, um, I mean, just amazing, like good for her. This yeah. is, I'm looking at like, and then like the at- fact that all the other, um, snowboarders, um, that were around her were celebrating with her, like I believe that she like got tackled to the ground with so much excitement. That was super cool. Yeah. I'm just good for her. Good for Zoe. Zoe, you're amazing. If you suddenly start listening to this podcast, we say what's (laughs) up. Um, all right, let me grab this one. So this is also, I don't know if speed skating is a wild event. Like I don't, I don't, like they're going so fast. <laughs> it's an it's it's insane. But Dutch star, this is from ESPN. Dutch star Irene Woost makes history with her sixth Olympic speed skating gold medal, which is incredible. She's 35 year old. She is now the most decorated speed skater in Winter Olympic history. She added with her that that she hit that with her victory in the 1500 meters. Um, she has a dozen medals overall. She started her winter Olympic game journey in the 2006 games in Turin. So 2006, she has been at this now 16 years. Um, and she's won a lot of gold medals in that time. And I loved her quote on this when she was asked about this record. She said, I don't know what it is. I just see the rings and something magical happens. That's just goat status. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's she's amazing. So she defended her title in the 1500. She set an Olympic record with one minute and 53.28 seconds. Um, she's uh, Japan came in second. Netherlands came in third. Uh, I guess in the Olympic terms, I should be saying like silver and bronze, but whatever. But yeah, she just crushed it and now is the most decorated speed skating Olympian. So yeah, amazing job to Irene. And also I just want to point that out at 35 years old. One thing that I have loved, and this isn't like saying that she is not old at all. Like that is not my implication here. My point is I have started to see more and more athletes who are older competing in national international events. And I think a lot about that with things like gymnastics and figure skating, where you would age out of things. Like I remember after the last Olympics when people were questioning if Lindsay Vaughn was aging out of competition. Now she was, she was getting injured. And so, yes, but she, she's only three years older than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she is, she retired at the age of 34. She retired Jeez. at 34. She is not, she is not geriatric by any means right. here. Now competing at the level that so many of these athletes are, it does take a toll on your body. Mm-hmm. You cannot do this forever. Tom Brady was not going to play football forever. LeBron right. James will not play basketball forever. It is even for the best of them, just not possible on 
your body will eventually not be able to just keep up because they are putting themselves through hell to be able to do this. They are not me taking a walk and like doing, I mean, they are multiple times a day that they're in the gym. It's every single day of the week. They have their nutrition has to be on point. Like being a top level, like world-class athlete is way more demanding than I think that a lot of folks give people credit for. Yes. So the fact that like, the fact that when people hit, I honestly think like their late twenties, early thirties, people start to be like, Ooh, like this is, I'm, I'm loving seeing, I'm, I'm loving seeing older athletes. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean that like, I, the word old comes with like a connotation of like negativity. And I don't mean that I'm saying like, I just appreciate seeing that you are not aging out after a certain age. It seems it's possible if you are committed to it and that's what you want to do and your body can withstand it. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, it just, I'm actually looking something up now that I just wanted to point out. Okay. Here's this, this is the wild one for me. And this isn't a, well, she, she did break a record by being the oldest woman figure skater to make it for the United States, the Olympics, Mariah Bell, the headline for her story in the New York times is Mariah Bell ancient at 25 wins the United States figure skating title in a spot in Beijing. Now the New York times is not implying she's in ancient. That is what she has been called. She's considered ancient. They point that out. But here's the thing. Here's what's so frustrating about this. She's 25 years old and she's considered ancient in the world of women's figure skating. But I'm glad that Mariah made it to the Olympics. And I'm glad that she's showing people that like you can you can do things if this is what you set your mind to. If this is what your body is capable of handling at any age, by all means, go chase that dream. So I just wanted to like use that as an example of like, here is a woman at the Olympics and she's 25 years old and she's considered ancient in her sport. Just wild. Yeah. Anyway, back to the record breakers. But again, that is, that is record breaking. I'm very excited for her. Um, Jesse Diggins of the United States. She won bronze. She's the first ever woman. She's, she secured the first ever women's individual cross country sprint medal. She won bronze. For the United States at the Winter Olympics and just second overall with Bill Koch being the first. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, individual sprint free. Some of these winter sports are so wild. Insane. <laughs> they've just been sitting on my TV and I'm just like, how do you, you do that? And how do they make it look so freaking easy? I literally looked at Brian the other day and I'm like, you know, I think that my my toxic trait is thinking that like, because these high caliber athletes make this look so easy, I could go out there and do this. Like hundred oh, percent. It's, it's so difficult. I, I just, it blows my mind how incredibly talented they are. Yeah. I, by the way, I just Googled individual cross country sprint because I just wanted to see it for myself. Mm-hmm. And the top stories are all about Jesse Diggins. So I love That's that. Awesome. <laughs> um, so Yes. I, I actually jokingly tweeted about that, that like, I'm always what they need to do. And I saw a tweet about this too, that was like, put regular people out there first, let them do it just so that we all can understand just how significant this is. Um, 
But yeah, so first ever individual sprint medal in cross country skiing at the Winter Olympics for the United States. Thanks to Jesse. She's 30 year old. She finished the race with um, with a time of. I hate when they're written like this because I have to like go Google to make sure I am saying this. I I'm pretty sure it's three minutes, 12 seconds, 12, 12.84 seconds. I, yes, it's not three hours, but my, that I just need everyone to know that like, just like decimal, I'm not good with numbers. So I see it and I'm like, what do these mean? Anyway, three minutes. Um, the United States, Rosie Brennan finished fourth in the finals of the event as well. So, I mean, this is amazing. Good for, good for Jesse. Um, how do you even train for that? (laughs) Like they're going so fast. (laughs) Here's the wild part is there was a joke uh, video that was going around and I I think it was originate. I think it originated on Twitter or YouTube and then somebody pulled it over to TikTok, but it was a joke about basically somebody just being excited to win any medal at the Mm -hmm. Olympics. And they're like, well, aren't you sad that like this other country like Switzerland or Germany or whatever won it. And they're like, um, no, uh, have you ever seen that? That country is literally like built on ice. Like it is a winter country. Like, I, I am, I am from a place that wasn't supposed to do this. So like, I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) And that's how I feel when any of these, like anybody medals and takes, (laughs) takes one from like the winter countries. Um, so here's the one I saved for last because this one was incredible. Mm. And if you have not gone and watched any of her figure skating, you need to because she is absolutely they've been talking they have been talking about her being the greatest of all time and that is a lot to take on mm-hmm. at only 15 years old so i am going to completely say her name incorrectly but camilla velieva from russia veliva i'm going to go listen to it i had been I wasn't, I wasn't ready, but I also knew I'm terrible at saying names. So let me, let me go listen to it while I, Believa. Believa. It's, it's Russian, which makes me like always overdo what I'm saying <laughs> is because I'm like, it has to have this like very, like, I don't know, like, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing I need like, it's so funny because most American names are pulled from like Aaron is obviously not like an American name. Aaron is Irish, but it just makes me laugh where I'm like, am I saying what am I saying? OK, <laughs> let me listen to this. I'm you're right. OK, it's Valieva. <laughs> um, I just was trying to make it sound too fancy. Camilla Valieva. Valieva. Um, she's 15 years old. She's 15 years old and she just became the first woman to land a quad in Olympic mm. history. She is incredible. I, I am obsessed with watching her skate. She is so effortless. She is, she is just so, so good at what she does. Like I just am excited to continue watching her evolve because she is going to change this sport mm-hmm. for women and for men by how good she is. Um, I am reading from NPR on Monday, the teenage and we'll link anything that we spoke about, but this is specifically coming from NPR on Monday. The teenage elite athlete landed one of the hardest jumps in figure skating, a jump that is so difficult. No other woman has ever landed it at the Olympics before. And then she did it a second time. 
The 15-year-old skater for the Russian Olympic Committee team landed a storied quadruple jump twice during the free skate portion of the team event on Monday. Her performance helped her team win the gold medal. United States took silver. Japan took bronze. So if you're going, what does this mean? NPR's got you. NPR explains that a quadruple jump requires at least four, but fewer than five revolutions. And although they become increasingly a staple in elite men's figure skating, one has never been successfully accomplished by a woman at the Olympics before Volieva's showing in Beijing. Here's the thing. Her, her whole like thing, her routines are so difficult. She fell in her free skate and it didn't matter because mm-hmm. she was so far ahead of everyone else as far as difficulty was concerned that there was no way anyone was going to catch her. Absolutely yeah. not. She, she, I'm sure, was very disappointed. Apparently, that was her first fall in all of her competition this current season. But the fact that, like, you're on the Olympic stage, there's a lot of pressure with that. And you still landed something historic. It's like, you, she looked a little disappointed at the end of it, but it's like, oh my gosh, like, if you're disappointed in what you just did there, what are you going to be doing four years from right, now? Like, exactly. Gosh, her jumps are so effortless. I, um, it, it was, it was the wildest thing for me. I just want to point out that like, I, I'm not, I don't want to compare women, but when I saw that it reminded me a little bit of something else. And it reminded me of when Simone Biles landed her historic vault. Mm-hmm. And obviously she didn't get to um, perform that during the Olympics. She just, you know, we've, she actually has a new cover out about um, mental health and everything else. But she, when she was able to land her, that one vault and you have this moment of like, the sport is changing it is really exciting. And so that's how I feel. I guess my point here is that is how I feel about Camilla and what she's doing is she's changing the sport. And I'm very excited for her that she is just, if you aren't like a figure skating fan, I don't really care. These are those instances of you need to stop and pay attention to what you're watching with her because she is a once in a lifetime talent. And we're very fortunate to, to have the ability to watch these athletes in ways that we've never been able to because of the television coverage, because of social media, because of everything we have access to, to be able to witness these things. But you think of like, athletes who are going to go in record books. And you think of someone like LeBron James, you think of Serena Williams, you think of um, Simone Biles. She is going to be one of these athletes. She Mm -hmm. is going to change women's figure skating. And again, she's going to challenge the men's figure skaters too, because they're going to have to keep now upping their game because she is going to push this sport further. So I don't want that to sound more dramatic than it is, but it is a little bit. Go yeah. appreciate what she is doing. And in every, if you see it on your TV, stop and watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love, I think my favorite thing to watch in the Winter Olympics is figure skating. So just because it's so, it, one, it's just beautiful. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it, they make it look effortless and they're doing all of this with blades on their feet. And like, 
I don't know the tossing in the air um, when they do the couple or not couple skate. <laughs> The pairs skate like you're at <laughs> Skateland holding hands. Just- when they do the, the pairs <laughs> competitions, it's just it's mesmerizing to me. I think is the word I'm looking for, just because they make it look so effortless and it's, you know, it's it's fluid and it's so technical and they make it look so freaking easy, even though you know, like you have to take into consideration how many times they've had to fail in order to perfect what they're doing. It's just it's one of my favorites. Yeah. I will. I love this as well. Cause we're going to just give her a little bit more time and attention here. I looked up her Olympics bio, which if you ever want to spend a little bit of time, just getting to know these athletes, they have all of their bios, which include their <laughs> official Olympic headshot photo, which they're also, um, just very like passport looking, which mm-hmm. is like not for all of us, it very much humbles you when they tell you like straight, look straightforward, don't smile, like everything. But anyway, they've, it, it's actually a really helpful like pages. If you want to look at them, cause they show you their events, they show you their schedule. They give you all of their background information. If you want to know, um, what music that they're using in their routines. So I just want to share some of the things that they have included on this website about her. Her hobbies include dancing, drawing, and her dog, Leova. Her occupation is a high school student. Um, She made her debut in the 2021 Finlandia trophies. She did single skating. She went first. She had a foot injury in 2019 that kept her off off the ice for a few weeks. Um, She looks like, if I'm understanding this correctly, made the national team in 2019, but she got her start in 2009. So when you think about the fact that she's 15 and she started in 2009, that's (laughs) wild. She's very young. Um, I love her reason. So they do reason. I'm just going to read all of these because I cannot believe like these answers. I love them so much. In fact, I'm going to go spend time looking at other athletes. (laughs) She practiced gymnastics, figure skating and ballet as a child, but liked figure skating best. As she said, gliding on the ice and the speed are awesome. Gymnastics was a bit painful. And in ballet, you do some exercise, the slow music. I somehow fell asleep. So (laughs) ballet was not her thing. (laughs) Her ambition is her ambitions. My goal is to go out each time so that people enjoy the performance aesthetically, that they truly like it, that there is a complete program and that I'm able to bring across the character. So she said that just in December, but when she's done, with high school, she'd like to study for a degree in coaching. That is what she'd like to do. She trains in Moscow with a very competitive group. Um, so winning her memorable things is winning the world. Uh, so I guess they kind of have this off on this. Oh, I'm guessing the debut is like debuting on this, like this year's circuit. Got it. Mm-hmm. So ignore me on that one. <laughs> but anyway, her memorable moments are winning the world junior title in 2020 and then landing the quadruple toe loop, the quadruple salcho and the triple axle in competition. She can now add like, like she can keep adding to this list. Her influence is herself. If I set myself upright, then no one can throw me off or change my mindset in any way. So I think it's just me and her philosophy is just work, work a lot. The more, the better. If you truly work, you'll show the competition what you have done. Her hero is her coach. And again, these are incredible. She has set all kinds of records. Um, I love this. I'm going to go read about all of these athletes. Um, 
she is just absolutely something else. And if you go look at her, if you go look at her Instagram account, she has 326,000 followers. I imagine that's going to grow very quickly through these Olympics. I imagine by the time she leaves, if that's not hitting close to a million, I would be shocked. Um, she is absolutely just wild, but yes, I'm now like, I'm down a rabbit hole. Oh my gosh, her dog. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this. Like, (laughs) um, and then, then maybe this is another one is she took a photo with Johnny Weir. Uh, this is so great. Um, not that like, I'm just saying like, it's just fun to see like her world just kind of coming to life in front of me right now. But I think these are those moments where we are watching history unfold. And I think when we can kind of stop and appreciate that history and recognize like what we are witnessing in the moment, this is something that kind of goes back to what we were talking about of supporting women in sports beyond just certain times. The Olympics are always really fun. Again, I understand this Olympics has more to it than that, but I'm talking about these international competitions are always fun. Like we talk about like the world cup, people get really into soccer around the world cup, but then they stop supporting soccer when the world cup passes. It's the same thing here. People get really into gymnastics during the summer Olympics and then kind of abandon it for four years and then get excited about the, you know, gymnastics when the next summer Olympics rolls around. It's the same thing here, but these people are competing all year, every year. There are competition seasons. A lot of times they're on your television. You can watch yeah. them. They're on during the day. You can catch them on ABC, NBC, ESPN. Um, these are not things where if you're excited about this, the Olympics doesn't have to be the end of you supporting these sports. Exactly. You can go follow all of these athletes and continue to watch all of the things that they do at any time, because they're going to keep competing. Their lives do not stop for four years. Their lives do not only revolve around this one event. In fact, for many of them, they talk about other competitions that they like more. And this is the stuff where it's like, go support these things because this is all tying together really well. Now, um, it, it, it started, it started a little, I I think it's because I chugged my coffee. It's a coffee. (laughs) So to kind of bring this all back full circle, When we talk about supporting women in sports, what is one thing that happened recently? Oh, over the weekend, all four Olympians who are currently competing in college, that would be uh, Jade Carey, Suni Lee, Jordan Childs, and Grace McCallum, all made, all score their first NCAA 10s. So Jade Carey got a 10 on bars, Suni Lee also on bars, Jordan Childs on floor, and Grace McCallum on bars. And they big deal, big deal to get a 10 at that level. Now, when we talk about goats, the goat, Miss Simone Biles, she tweeted about every single one of them. She tweeted at Grace, go Grace. So proud. And she quote tweeted their, either their videos or the announcement that they won for Jade Carey. She said, love seeing you thrive. You deserve the world and more. For um, Jordan Childs, she said, superstar, so proud. And for Suni Lee, she said, forever and always will be a bar queen. And I love she did like the emojis with the like star eyes for (laughs) all of them. This, this is, this is what we talk about. Like 
support women in sports always. If you are a big fan of any of these women, if you love Jordan Childs, if you think she's incredible, if you enjoyed watching her at the Olympics, got some exciting news. She's competing for UCLA. Yeah. And they're in competition season right now. You can literally go watch and support her. If you want to support any of these, if you want to see what Grace McCallum is up to, she's at Utah. Uh, Jade Carey is at Oregon State. Um, and then Suni Lee is at, she's at Auburn, right? I believe. I believe so. Yes. Yes. She's at Auburn. I was like, my brain just did Alabama, like all the Alabama <laughs> schools just did this thing. And I was like, if I say the wrong one, because that is not a rivalry you mess with. You do right. not like actually say Alabama <laughs> when you mean Auburn. And you don't see Auburn when you mean Alabama. So I was like, oh no, don't we're going to get into some trouble today. Um, but like, these are the things that we talk about. Like if you loved watching these women, you can still watch them. They're, yes. they're competing right now. And this is, I will give her, all of the credit in the world. Simone Biles is somebody who has really stepped up when she, like she is one of the greatest athletes to ever exist, but she has also shown that like, she's going to be, she's going to be even more than that to people. She was in Lincoln over the weekend yeah. for men's gymnastics, which is absolutely insane. And she was in Lincoln for, um, she's actually teammates with, I I went and looked it up. So let me go show you. Um, and we can link all of this. So she was in Lincoln to support um, her friend, Khalil Jackson, who's on Nebraska, on the Nebraska men's gymnastics team. The reason it took me a second as I was looking for old tweets that I found. So they know each other. They know each other from Texas. Seems like from what I have gathered, trained together our friends uh, when he committed to the university of Nebraska in 2017, she, tweeted a congratulations at him and how proud she was of him. Um, he had shared photos with her training together in 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, so they've, they've been long friends and she showed up. And so these are the things that like, when you want to support something, when you want to support people, you do it, you show up, yes. you make the time. And so let Simone be a continued example of if you want to, if you want to support these sports, if you want to continue watching anything that you've seen in the Olympics, whether you support the Olympics or not, like that's, that's a separate conversation. I'm just talking about the, the competitions themselves and the athletes. Yeah. There are all kinds of competitions. There are all kinds of ways for you to watch and continue to support them. Yes. And it's really easy to get caught up in like these types of events where you're like, Oh, this is so amazing. But like, these are not the only ones. There are all kinds of competitions. Again, many of them are televised, which we talk about things not being televised enough. So it's like they're actually televised. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. The like X if Games, you want to televise, yeah. <laughs> if you want to watch like worlds of any sport, they're typically televised. Mm -hmm. um, just if all it takes is doing a little Google work so you can find out where you can watch. <laughs> I think sometimes because we're so used to, and this is something I can only speak to living in the United States. I think in the United States, because of our, the sports that we are very accustomed to like football, we know the seasons for football. Yeah. We, we know the seasons for basketball. We know the season for baseball and softball. But the thing, when I say to people, I'm like, do you know when gymnastics competes? Right. And I think most people are like, I think it's winter. 
but it kind of goes into spring. These are the, these are the things that like are easily, like you can look up their schedules. Like I'm going to just like, if you wanted to, and I, I'm going to just tell you right now, if you live in Nebraska, but if you live anywhere, if you want to go watch a local gymnastics meet, you can. I know mm-hmm. for a fact that the Nebraska men's and women's gymnastic teams would love to have you at any of their events, would yeah. love the coverage, would love you to be there. And like you might be saying, Aaron, why aren't you there for Hill Varsity every single time? And fair. Um, it's something that like, these are things as we continue to grow our staff, I have very much in the back of my mind. Like mm-hmm. I am like constantly thinking about how we can continue to grow our coverage of sports like women's gymnastics, like men's gymnastics, like swimming and diving, like golf. Like there are so many right. that deserve attention. So my point being is um, we don't have enough people to be everywhere at one time, but I can tell you that you can go watch any of these teams compete. So if you want to go watch, for instance, the Nebraska women's gymnastics team, let's see. Their next time at home is February 26th. They are in Lincoln against Michigan at 2.30 in the afternoon. You can go for a couple of hours. Just go watch them. Yeah. This is the stuff where it's like, these are, these are gymnasts who compete at an elite level. And you can go spend a couple of hours just getting to watch really good gymnastics. And yeah. I, for me, why not? Why not just go like support these things? And you could see maybe a competition nearby. Like you'd be surprised how many competitions for so many sports are actually happening fairly close to you. And you can go check them out at any time. It's not like you can't go to a competition. Like Exactly. Just putting in the effort, you know, to find out where and when these things are happening. Yes. I'm, I'm now sitting here thinking about what's all I'm, I'm going to like end up now. I will also give you a little tip. If you're somebody who's like, well, I live close to a college or university. How can I you know, guarantee? I know these things are coming up. If you are somebody who uses your phone for a calendar, you do all that stuff. Many of these universities have Um, downloadable schedules that go right into your phone. In fact, like I just do that for all sports schedules for Nebraska so that I can see what's coming up. So I know what's going on. Um, You can do that. You can just go in and you can tell it. I want to see, I want to put them all on here. And the really nice part, because they're all pretty much run by the same company when they make updates it updates it on your phone. So if it gets television, you're going to have an update on your phone that says what TV is going to be carrying it. If it's going to be a different time or if it's suddenly going to be a different date, it all changes for you. You don't have to worry about it. It actually all updates for you. Like, let me see if I go pull up my calendar right now, what's the next thing that pops up? Um, okay. I just clicked on like one, but tomorrow, for instance, men's basketball plays at home against Minnesota I have all the information, TV, Big Ten Network, radio, Huskers Radio Network. Here's the link for the streaming video. Mm -hmm. Here's the link for the audio. Like, it's all right here. So my point being is, like, you can make this really easy for yourself to go keep supporting. So when we talk about supporting women in sports or supporting sports that just don't get the attention that others do at all times, you can make this easier for yourself to continue. But don't just let one day go by and let that be it. Don't, don't just 
check that off for the year and go, well, I supported women in sports. Right. Make this an active thing to like go show up for some of these events. Go find a softball game. Go find a women's basketball game that you want to go watch and go do it. Like just go support. Or when you hear, when you see somebody doing something unfairly, like for instance, when Mina Kimes had a whole thing a couple of weeks ago because she knows what she's doing and someone took issue with that, the amount of people who came to her defense, and I'm talking men, who were able to be allies in that moment and be like, leave, leave her alone here. She yeah. knows what she's doing and she's damn good at it. That is the energy you got to bring at all times to support women in sports. Like, and it doesn't even have to be like being so open. Like what I was saying, it can be actively listening. It can be going to an event when it makes sense for you. You can do things within your own comfort zone, but you got to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I literally, as you were talking about that, went to Nebraska's website and added a calendar to my Yay. calendar. It was that easy. It took me five seconds. So <laughs> there are ways to support and you can make it super easy on yourself. Like you just said, <laughs> it's, you can, it, we're all guilty of it. Like we get busy in our lives and we get busy with things. And so I'm not telling you that you have to show up every single day, wake up mm -hmm. every single day and be like, oh, I'm here, but you know, there's a lot of really cool things happening in the world for women, women in sports. And I'm actually excited because I didn't want to touch on this too much. And I think maybe we, we dive into this a little bit in our next episode. Like I'm thinking, I'm just telling Sasha this now, especially with it being black history month, I would love to dive more specifically into the history of, um, black athletes. And yeah. again, like taking the time to acknowledge our own areas where we overlook things and we don't maybe pay attention to the history. And speaking of the Olympics, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of moments in Olympic history that make people uncomfortable, but it's good because people were fighting for fighting for their rights and mm -hmm. fighting for people to give a shit. And yeah. we're still, we're still having those fights for, a lot of people, I, I would say it's not equitable across the board. So like, maybe that's a little teaser. Maybe yeah. next week we dive a little bit more specifically into, um, black history month and some things that maybe you don't know about, uh, just the history of black athletes. And there's just a lot of, there's a lot there. And yeah. like I said, find people to go learn from. Mm -hmm. um, I can link that TikTok account I mentioned earlier, but there are people who are actively sharing things that you can take and learn from. So like absorb that, right. spend time with it. Why the not? Information's out there if you so seek it. If you so seek it. Oh, okay. Well, I could talk about women in sports forever, <laughs> but uh, we will continue because we do every week. But Go ahead and keep emailing us. Mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com. We love getting emails from you. Um, we appreciate those of you who have reached out with suggestions, ideas, things that you are um, thinking for this year. We still have ideas. We're just kind of like getting our bearings, getting our feet under us uh, for 2022. But I promise you, we've got a lot of ideas for the year ahead. We'll get our bearings here soon. Yes. Um, but you can also tweet at us at Sasha72, at Aaron Sorensen, but keep those emails coming. We love to hear from you. And as always, we appreciate you spending time with us for listening and just taking, taking a little time to absorb everything that 
were thrown at you at the same yes. time. <laughs> but we will be back next week with another episode. I think we kind of teased it a little bit for you because I'm thinking that's the path we go. Yes. So um, if you want to talk about that, send us anything that you have on your mind and we'd love to include it. So mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com. We will be back next week. Go be kind to yourself. Go do some, go do some learning. Yes, please. We will talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. A Huda Media Production.